on maynard.com.au. Hey you, take off your mask and you're just going to have to lick yourself. It's Bunga Bunga. Bunga Bunga. With Tim Ferguson and Maynard. Special pandemic version. Do not take pandemic advice from a podcast. We're still here and it's great to be here still. We've got a bit of a different sound. Uh, Tim's two metres away from me or perhaps more. How far away are you, Tim? Well, I'm over here and everything seems to be fine, fine. He's in the second bathroom and I'm in the first bathroom and the only person watching the whole thing is Richard Saunders over there, our sound engineer. Hello. First time we've ever had one. Kittler too is doing his thing. <laughs> what does he do, Tim? Well, he keeps an eye on everything. He's a highly conservative pussycat. I know how he's going to vote every time. I know it's not legal to allow your cat to vote, but he's so cute. But it's a bit of a giveaway. There's always that poor mark over the box that he wants. Tim will address the nation later in Bunga Bunga 58. I will address the nation, but don't take advice from a podcast. Do not take pandemic advice from a podcast. Don't take advice from a commercial radio station. In fact, stop taking advice. Bunga Bunga News. Tim, pretty much all gigs I've got for the rest of the year have been cancelled. What have you got happening? There is an old saying, Maynard, and the saying is an ancient Greek proverb. It's got to do with the bum? <laughs> well, no, that's the one I oh, really should use. Sorry. But it is, when the fish aren't biting, the fishermen mend their nets. And because the fish aren't biting, the world has closed itself up in its bathroom and it's singing to the echo. High on a hill was a lonely goat herd lay, hood lay, hood lay. I've gotten straight to work writing book two in my uh, Scarlet Blank trilogy. If you're asking what's that, because I haven't released book one yet. And also writing scripts, working with Mark Gracie and Chris Thompson and Edwina Rexton to come up with what I think is possibly the most dangerous television show I've ever worked on. And I've worked on a couple of scary ones. It's very interesting. And it's very Tim. Yeah, it's very me. It's very me. It's also very Edwina Exton, a mind that was built by Satan and his little helpers. Our hearts go out to everyone, of course, who has lost a job and is going to be underemployed during this period. It's going to be very difficult for a lot of people. No one knows where it's going. (gasps) That's been like my career and yours for a couple of years now, Tim. Well, that's the thing. I was talking to a very good friend of mine. Uh, Let me just drop that name, Gretel Colleen. And we were talking, Gretel Colleen and I. And it was Gretel who gave me the thought that everybody else is kind of panicked because they are in this terrible position and it's all happened so suddenly. But she said, we've been living, staring at the abyss of wondering what the hell we're going to do next week ever since we started off in showbiz. So it's not quite as an emotional shock for us as it must be for other people who thought that their jobs would just be there. I really do feel for those people. Maynard and I can really be quite distracting. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So the news is Tim's up to some stuff and I'm going to be digging into my archives and we might even try and do remote bunga bungas. So, Maynard, I heard one of your 
great shows that you were doing, uh, the Sunday Afternoon Fever on Triple J, which was from the Comedy Festival in what year? 1992. Sunday Afternoon Fever, live across Australia on Triple J, which was the show I did every Sunday. But that Sunday, we took it to the 1992 Melbourne Comedy Festival. Everyone was in it. There was Chris Lyme. There was Wendy Harmer, Doug Anthony All-Stars, The Bachelors from Prague are playing as the background band. What a great little show. Oh, man. Yeah. And of course, Chris Lynham, if you haven't heard of Chris Lynham, is one of the most in insane British comics that you'll ever come into contact Very with. Very surreal interview. At times I had to say to the audience, do you want me to keep going? I don't know what to ask because he was pretending to speak foreign languages. He was great. Oh, yeah, he's a genius. And one day at the Tunnel Club in Brixton, because the crowd was getting a bit rowdy, Crispus brought out a plate and told his friend Malcolm Hardy to take a shit on the plate, and they did. And boy, that shut the crowd up. Because you don't know what they're going to do with it after that. If they're willing to do that, you don't know what's going to happen next. That was just to maintain order. (laughs) But, of course, they did get a warm round of applause. (laughs) That's Bunga Bunga News. Poop on a plate. (laughs) Great tweet here I read from uh, Ariana Lewanski. She wrote, I'm tired of being part of a major historical event. That's a very, very good observation and already tired. So do you feel now that we are in challenging times that you truly are the Roosevelt of Glebe? We had to struggle with the old enemies of peace, business and financial monopoly, speculation, reckless banking. They had begun to consider the government as a mere appendage to their own affairs. I feel that way. I've I've used to feel... We're going to get you a cape. I used to feel that I was the first Roosevelt. <laughs> Instead, I've moved on to Franklin Delano Roosevelt, so I'm wearing a cape. If you've got a balcony there, you could be addressing the nation all the time and occasionally someone waiting for the bus will hear it. They are unanimous in their hate for me, and I welcome their hatred. Well, I sang Don't Cry For Me Argentina on the balcony just this morning. So don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is I never left you. Hey, Argentina. We're just keeping our small minds amused. (laughs) Oh, hang on, hang on. What news haven't we heard, Tim? Everything's coronavirus, coronavirus. I don't know anything about microplastics in tea bags. No one's talking about that. Nobody's talking about that? No one's talking about microplastics in tea bags anymore. And they say they are alert to dangers, Maynard. Exactly. You tell me about microplastics. Oh, I'd forgotten because it was more than two weeks ago. I just knew there was something about microplastics in tea bags. We were absorbing more than a credit card a week and how shocking that was. But apparently, oh God, we're all going to die as I overshadowed that. There is another gigantic crisis, big enough for the ABC to do one of its shows, Garbage. They're complaining about too much wax paper used during baking. (laughs) Yeah, way too much. You people using up all that wax paper, now you can't get it, hey? Mm. I walked past a Glebe cafe just yesterday and didn't hear one person mention wax paper. Not one, not one. Come on, Australia. Broaden your minds. Crank mail now because we've put the clarion call out. Shouldn't the clarion call sound more like this? Can you guess where this comes from? Yeah, you're right, Tim. And have we got crank mail? Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. There seemed to be some sort of little animal urinating at the end of that. What, what was that in this dark time? 
Well, you would think. You think in this dark time, the little animal would stop doing that. Fucking little animal. You would think it would be a little animal, but it's not. It's not a little animal. I'm looking at a photograph. What is that a photograph of, Tim? It's a Tyrannosaurus Rex Maynard. They're not little at all. Not at all, but ancient recordings, because Tyrannosaurus walked the earth three and a half thousand years ago, according to the Bible. There is a sound recording of a Tyrannosaurus Rex, full adult, having a bit of a squirt, because what people don't realise is that not everything with the Tyrannosaurus was big. So when they had to have a squirt, it would go on and on and on. Yeah, that's a Tyrannosaurus. I'd know it anyway. They're not so scary. They could have gone extinct because they couldn't wash their hands, but it didn't matter because they couldn't touch their face either. They couldn't reach down to get to the sink. So it goes everywhere. They must have been held to share a flat with. Oh, yeah. And they wouldn't put the toilet seat up or down. Crank mail. Fred Bundick, a Patreon, writes... I started your Shudo Echo support audio in my car because for all the patrons, they got the audio I did when I was supporting Shudo Echo a couple of weeks ago, all 80 stuff. And after you said dot AU, my phone switched to iTunes and played Donna Summer. <laughs> Tim, you're a technical expert. Why would that have happened? Your phone would have just misunderstand what was happening. Quite often, as soon as you hear words like Donna, Summer or Hey Siri, you will find music plays. <laughs> Hey, Siri, shut up. I think, Fred, you have to look deep inside yourself and find out why Siri randomly picked a Donna Summer track. And I do hope it was something from the On The Radio compilation. And not the full-length 18-minute version of MacArthur Park. Give a dance to that, Tim, or are you glad you have MS and don't have to now? The temptation to dance to that is almost overwhelming. I don't know why it didn't leap immediately to any of the tracks from Midnight Oil's 10 to 1. I mean, there are 10 tracks, and one of them was The Power and The Passion. Cause Goff was tough, totally hit the rough, hey. Uncle Sam and John were quite enough, hey. Are so musical. Crank mail from Rob Darby and a sort of supporting question from Lara Benham. And Rob writes, why is reality such a bitch lately? And Lara writes, dear Tim and Maynard, why is 2020 such a shit show so far? It's not as hard as other years. You know, I was speaking to my mum and she said... Well, like 1939. She said, this is terrible. How will we ever beat this thing? And I said, you're the generation who beat Hitler, mum. Don't come at me with, oh, what are we going to do about this thing? We're going to beat this thing, Australia. We're going to beat it. Beat it like a drum as the future president of the United States for a very short time only, Joe Biden says. Yeah, you'd be happy that Joe Biden's in now with a chance, wouldn't you? Because I don't like presidents to hang around for too long and a man who's already 77 won't be one of those presidents where we go come on it's been eight years joe that's enough why do you think 2020 is being such a 2020 and by the way in may in the northern hemisphere there'll be a comet visible during daylight called the atlas comet but if it doesn't break up the lights from the sun will reflect off it and it will be visible as bright as the moon during daylight in the northern hemisphere people will lose their shit if they see that during daylight yes and they 
like to keep a hold of their shit and keep it in cupboards and label it and know where it is at all times. Look, I don't really think we need to panic all that much because the sun will keep rising. And if Australia is going to shut down for six months, and eventually Australia will open up again. But it'll um, never be the same, Tim. Mr Prime Minister was saying, oh, we'll get back to what we were. No, after this kind of thing, you probably never will. It'll be something different. I might sound like I'm being blasé, but in fact, I'm being optimistic. Only because optimism works better than any other approach, and I've tried them all, believe me. Optimism is the thing that will get you through, even though it doesn't make much sense. Neither does pessimism. The world never works out as badly as you think it will. I'm not all that worried. Yes, it's a bit of a shit show, and that other word, which you really shouldn't use. (coughs) Yeah, language, Rob. It's all going to be fine. Somehow, it'll all work itself out. I think Rob was just being a bit emotional there. He's down in Ballarat. Oh, well, you should have told me that before. That's a B word. Dear Tim, why is reality such a Ballarat? Yeah, then everybody's on board. Oh, I know what you mean now. Or you could say, why is reality such a Bendigo, which even the people of Ballarat can get behind? Although he has been making homemade mops. He's been making his mops at home. He's been doing all sorts of things. See, that's the kind of plucky, optimistic spirit. Good on you. Dame Lush, who has a great page on Facebook, Dame Lush writes, Dear Tim and Maynard, do Daleks fart? Well, you're more the the Doctor Who expert, Tim. They don't fart, actually. It's a very good question. Not only because they've got OCD cleanliness, but there is a very simple reason is that they don't run on natural gas. They run on electricity. (laughs) But is it it, uh, renewable they run on? Are they renewables, these Daleks? No, because all they do is exterminate. They will not fart. For those of the sci-fi bent, which I know Dame Lush is, you're a bit of a fan of Picard, aren't you? Ah, see... Uh-oh, what's going to happen now? That's a touchy topic. Well, I'll finish the question because on a recent episode, they had Jerry Ryan, who was seven of nine, and they went undercover into a casino. And suddenly it turned into a bit of an episode of William Shatner's Barbary Coast. <laughs> he had the eye patch. Picard had the eye patch and was doing the outrageous French accent. So is this Barbary Coast William Shatner or is it Allo Allo in space? Because she had the trench coat on. I thought she was going to say, I will tell you this only once. I'm just waiting for that line of dialogue to come up. Listen very carefully. I shall say this only once. See, Jean-Luc Picard is about as funny as Gandalf. He's just not funny and he should stay away from it. The only problem I have with the Picard series is that it's got nothing to do with Star Trek at all. The universe has changed. The Federation of Planets is no longer acting like a Federation of Planets. The episodes go for a a long, meandering hour, and you have to spend the whole thing with Jean-Luc Picard in a bad mood. When he tries to be funny, that's when really you've just got to switch off. It's like your granddad saying, I'll tell you something funny that happened once. So it's a bit like the Quincy of the Star Trek franchise. off on its own there he's solving crimes every hour that's right it's like an episode of homicide from the 70s where 
occasionally someone winks at the camera. A bit like Solo One was to Matlock Police. There's a deep dive into Australian stuff. Yes. Wow, man. And how do you know these things? And I learned all about being a troll by insisting that Paul Cronin wasn't the star of Solo One and, and saying it was the other guy who was in Matlock Police mistakenly. And I discovered that's the way if you want, just insist on something even though you're wrong and you get a lot of attention online. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? It was exactly the same where we said Kylie's better than Madonna. And we stand by that. Better singer, better actor, better dancer. We brought in Lance Leopard. And this is what Lance had to say about the Madonna versus Kylie issue. Hello. Hello, Lance. You've caught me in bed, Maynard. Can you believe it? In bed with Lance. You're self-isolating. There is no sickness in the ivory tower. We're We're clean teens, Mother and I, and we're doing just fine. Thank you, anyone, for asking. I believe your mum's got the pine clean wipes out. I've been neurotic and I couldn't bear people touching me all my life. It doesn't bother us. Decent bleach. Have you got out the sham wow yet? Yes. When you have glass tables up in the air, this is the tragedy of the situation. We're just in the middle of the show here and we have to ask yes, you... that. Yes. how can look, I help you? What do you want? Well, Why are you we, me in bed? We want to know what you've got to say about the Kylie versus Madonna issue. Oh, the Kylie versus Madonna issue. Okay, well, I'll explain something to you. Actually, let me think about it for two seconds. One, two. Right. You understand how royalty ascended by divine right, and there's Hollywood royalty and there's pop royalty. Kylie is a princess, the pop princess, but Madonna is the queen of pop. Does that necessarily mean that one is better than the other? It depends on whether you're a good princess or a bad princess or a good queen or an evil queen, doesn't it? If you had to come down in a snap decision, but if Tim asked you... A snap decision... I'm desperately seeking Susan. I'm sorry. When Madonna came along, I I could afford what she was wearing. Lance Leppard has spoken. I have spoken. I'm shameless. And you'll never die of embarrassment either, will you? No, not really. Maybe a scandal, darling. It's not an embarrassment. Lance Leppard died of scandal. It's too much. (laughs) Thank you and thank you to Tim. I'll see you chaps around. Everybody take care of yourself. (laughs) Well, that's settled. Well, it is. I mean, the fact is Madonna is less Australian than Kylie. It's Kylie all the way. Look it up. I think they're a similar height. Exactly the same height. I've measured it. Oh, boy, was that an embarrassing moment. <laughs> You've really got to be careful. Crank mail. Peter Hunter writes, oh, boy, uh, how do I maximise my Sydney investment property portfolio at this point in time? <laughs> do not take investment advice from a podcast. Buy, buy, buy. If you're getting into property, you just keep buying. That's the bottom rule. It's the way Monopoly works. Economies work just like Monopoly. Just keep buying, 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 buying. So you are always cash poor but asset rich and then you die. Because you can't eat bricks, you know. But, man, you'd be able to brag at dinner parties about how many flats in Bondi you've been renovating. Not that there's going to be any of those parties for a while. They really should stop them. If we're going to stop anything in this crisis, it's cocktail parties in Bondi. I've been to a few and it's not educational. I'm not sure reality shows are going to be as good escapist entertainment as they used to be either, really, because we're all in our pretty big reality show at the moment. We're all in the Big Brother house. We're all in Survivor. It's happening right in front of our noses. Crank mail. Liam Taylor writes, Dear Maynard, do you remember me when I used to pop into ABC Newcastle as a little boy with love, the receptionist's son? 
Liam, frankly, no. Is Liam named after one of the people in Oasis? I think so. Because we all know that receptionists don't normally reproduce. They osmosis. They split off. That's why a lot of receptionists tend to look the same, male or female. So I'm afraid I don't remember, Liam. You have done work at a Newcastle theatre restaurant that I think is one of the great bastions of B-grade comedy in Newcastle, and I praise your work there. Thanks very much for writing. You could have mentioned me, but don't worry about it. Crank mail! Neil writes... Are they still making that reality show where flat earthers seek the edge of the world? There's a show where flat earthers seek the edge of the world? I think they would try, well, because they believe there's an ice wall around us, you see. They believe that the North and South Pole are, in fact, the same thing. There's an ice wall around us. So, yes, is my answer. (laughs) They are definitely making it. It's just nobody watches. Now be the time to do it. Go off. Off you go. Find the end of the world. See you later. The problem I have with flat earth society believers who believe the earth is flat, whenever I meet them, they will not accept that the moon is flat as a pancake. No, no, it's round, they say. No, no, the moon's round. It's the earth that's flat. Open your minds, monkeys. It's flat. It doesn't turn around because there's nothing on the other side. For God's sake, didn't you hear Dark Side of the Moon, the album? looking for a podcast listen i'd highly recommend 13 minutes with apollo it's called it's from the bbc 13 minutes that might be not be its exact title 13 minutes with apollo it's all about how they got apollo 13 back from the moon and fixed it up and got it going three astronauts aboard a ship with failing systems 200,000 miles from home Houston, we've had a problem. We got more than a problem. We lost uh, O2 tank 2 pressure. Nothing made sense in those first few seconds. No one knew what exactly had happened. Uh, we are venting something out into space. It's a gas of some sort. It's going down. We're losing it. Yes, we are. Which is a good way to distract you from your own problems at the moment. If you're trying to work out how to get that cheese onto the toast, get that Apollo 13 stuff going. Could you give me some tips on that after about the cheese with the... Because you're wasting a lot of it on the floor, Tim. Crank mail! Oliver Udall from Western Australia. Hey, they've quarantined him off. If we went to visit him, we couldn't. They'd say, no, sorry, you can't come in and visit Oliver. You can't come in and see Oliver. They They have. They've sealed off Western Australia. Well, for how long, I don't know, but I just found out about it yesterday. It could have been for a while. It's been for about 40 years, I think. Bloody hell. What about South Australia too? South Australia is still a thing. I don't know. We're going to have to do investigations on this after the show. Look it up on Google. It's like I said in my fake news. Adelaide has been sealed off because it's non-essential gathering. I was to do a gig at the Arca Bar there on the 12th of April, but of course that won't be happening. I think this whole coronavirus thing could be an insidious plot just to stop me playing the Spice Girls in Adelaide. It's a bit ornate of a plan, a little bit, you know, overreaching, but still it's worked. If conspiracy theories mean anything, that one's got some muscle. Oliver from Western Australia wants to know, what's your opinion on YouTubers who specialise in making cover songs? I've really got no problem if you want to do interesting covers, because many times here I've found great covers on YouTube to play along with. The guy who started Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Maynard, to help us out during this dark time here, uh, the guy who started Patreon, I believe that's what he did for a while, and he realised he wasn't getting a good, good return on his YouTube channel, so he started Patreon. Jack Anthony All-Stars recently did a version of Lola to Ebola. 
Which turns out to be a little prescient, but yes. just in the wrong continent. While I mean, you're at home, do lots of stuff. Do some originals while you're at it. Covers is always a good place to start. If you look at Weird Al Yankovic, one of Maynard's very close friends, you'll see that the guy never stops. He's got always got new material coming. He's always subverting the modern paradigm. Go for it. It stirs people up. Actually, what's your favourite Weird Al parody? I was thinking about last night. My favourite is Pretty Fly for a Rabbi. Because it's funny, but it also manages not to be anti-Semitic at all. Our temples had a fair share of rabbis in the past, but most of them were nudniks and none of them would last. But our new guy's real kosher, I think he'll do the trick. I tell you, he's to die for, he really knows his stick. So how about you? Have you seen this Jew? Reads the Torah and does his own accounting too. Bernie. Love it. I'm a classic. Madonna. Was it like a sturgeon? Uh, like a surgeon. Like a surgeon. That makes a lot more sense of all the other jokes. Hey, like a surgeon. Cutting for the very first time. Like a surgeon. Organ transplants are my life. Frank Mayo. Panda Paws here. Panda Paws, a Patreon. Thank you, Panda. What I really want to know is, what should one wear for the apocalypse? Casual, formal, or a onesie? Actually, is the onesie ever appropriate at any occasion? I reckon as long as I'm not looking at it, you should wear a onesie. Are they comfortable or are they going to goose you up the... If it's got ears, you're immediately adorable. The koala one's good. Whereas a lizard one that's got no ears, you're a lot less adorable. Make sure you've got big, bright ears of a kitten or whatever straight away you're gonna die but you at least can say to your maker when you meet them at least i'm cute i think if you have a fever in a onesie it's not as adaptable as other things you could take off your pajama top my star trek pajamas they're ready to go they are ready for this apocalypse i have the mr spock blue pajamas ready to go i'm gonna dress as darth vader If I'm going to go to the other side, I want to be wearing something that establishes me as someone, even if it's hell, who is going to make trouble. If I end up in hell, it's a way of saying to everybody, hey, I'm one of you. I, I belong here just fine. I'm always being with the dark side. Well, if you turn up in heaven and you're dressed as Darth Vader, you're different, you're new, you're special, you're unusual, everybody wants to talk to you. Crank mail. Last bit of crank mail here from Jess writes, a British Columbia woman scared off a cougar last year by playing Metallica. And I just suddenly felt like somebody was watching me. So I turned and looked to my right and there was a cougar sitting there. Get out of here. Bad kitty. Beginning to realize that her tactics weren't you. working, Dee stopped recording and tried something a little less conventional. I found um, the song Metallica, Don't Tread on Me, and I thought that's the one that I needed to uh, portray the right message. So I played it and held my phone up, and sure enough, it scared him off into the bush, and he took off. Bad kitty. Don't What music would you recommend to scare off a cougar? And what does Kitler 2 think? Any Midnight Oil track done by the Chipmunks. 
I thought, Tism. Any poetry by Tism. By Christ, you've got a long, long way on a schoolboy's talent with words. One crappy bit of symbolism and you're adored by an army of turds. Yeah, that'll get rid of them. And what does Kittler 2 say? Enigmatic as ever. Always coming from left field. Have we heard anything in this crisis from the Animal Liberation Party, Tim? Thankfully, no. Again, that's another group have fallen very strangely silent. What about like, One Nation too? I thought Pauline would come out and say something. You'd think odd. she would have something stupid to say. It's like the anti-vaxxers. They're not saying anything apart from mentioning a few wacky conspiracy theories that somebody invented corona just so that everybody would go and vaccinate themselves. There are many groups who just aren't talking that we do like to hear from because we work in the comedy industry and without their nonsense offerings, it's very hard to write fake news. Ruben James, you still walk the furrowed fields of my mind. Faded shirt, the weathered brow, the calloused hands upon the plow. I loved you then and I love you now. Kenny Rogers has passed, and as a tribute to him, I'll be playing Right Said Fred's version of Ruby Don't Take Your Love to Town, which he recorded in 1969 with first edition. He didn't write it, but he recorded it initially, and I'm playing Right Said Fred's version in honour of Kenny. Good on you, Kenny. Amazing man. He knew when to hold them, and he knew when to fold them, and he did. And now the gambler has finally broken even. I think that's how the song goes. That's Crank Mail. Crank Mail. Tim, this is a major crisis the world is facing, and one thing that concerns me almost from the moment I open my eyes in the morning to when I go to sleep is that with all this going on in the world, it's only a matter of time before an outbreak of really bad poetry. Yes, that's the thing to watch out for. Poetry, particularly like that modern suburban thing where they get together in small pubs every Tuesday evening, when you really can't get drunk enough to really read poetry, there is a danger that the earnestness of that kind of poetry will invade everything and everything will become earnest. If you write it in a journal, that's good. Maybe just keep it in the journal. One thing about poetry is that when you hear it, you want to be able to think about it afterwards, (laughs) whereas most modern suburban poetry, it's all there. You get everything. I felt bad because you said that thing that's bad. It was bad. The poem's called Bad. Please. We have a poem now sent into us from Tony Push. Oh, man, Tony, legend. Tony Push has faced the crisis that confronts the world head on. He writes, brush your teeth, brush your feet, brush your backside too. If only in hindsight this lonely lad had bought a water hose on his last trip to France, he would be sweeter in his pants. That's what I'm talking about. Better subtext. Good on you, Mr. Push. Bit of subtext, people. If you're going to go writing poetry about the fact that you're isolated, try to come up with something that just suggests that you're isolated and doesn't make people want to isolate you. Jody Sutcliffe writes, Everybody needs a bug-out bag right now, which means it's no better time for Tim to introduce... What's in, mate? <laughs> bug-out bag... Thank you. I'll just get it now. Oh, my God, he's not wearing pants. In the bright yellow ABBA bug-out bag, first of all, a selection of four DVDs to watch 
while hunkering down. And this is what you should be wearing. What is it, Tim? What is it, Richard? It's a onesie. It's a slanket. Oh! <laughs> it's not a sleeve. It's not a blanket. It's a slanket. Oh, my God. It looks so comfortable. Hang on. I'll, I'll put the mic down. I'll just show you how it works. You put your... It's right up there with the... <laughs> thing that the Germans make that was really good. A sham wow. You wear Look. this and you pull it down and you're warm. I'm now wearing my slanket. Look at the static sparks just <laughs> flying off it. Let's look through the DVDs to watch while wearing your slanket. Season three of The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. <laughs> one of the lesser known seasons. It is in colour. Bill Bixby is in one episode. His regular girlfriend's disappeared, but we still have Zelda. Once a gal was dreamy, Dobie. Once a gal was creamy, Dobie. Once a gal the call is all. Second thing I've got in here, a BBC DVD, quite rare. 1964 to 2004, the 40th anniversary of the Top of the Pops show. One clip from every single year of Top of the Pops from 64 through to 2004. Sandy Shaw's there, 1965, doing Long Live Love. We meet every night at eight, and I don't get home till late. I say to myself each day, baby, oh, long, long live love. Going all the way through to Mad World, Gary Jules. It's a very, very... Only thing missing is there's no Beatles, no Rolling Stones, because they probably couldn't afford it. And everything else is there. Got the Pet Shop Boys, New Order, Blur, Take That, Spice Girls, Texas, Ian Jury and the Blockheads, The Real Thing, Roxy Music, and even the crazy world of Arthur Brown. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. So it's near the top of the pop. One song for every year. Speaking of that, after watching this, you will want the apocalypse to happen. And we aren't getting Eurovision this year. So why not sit down and watch the quadruple DVD of 50 years of Eurovision? The number one song on Eurovision from 1956 through to 1980 is volume one. And from 1981 through to 2005. I've got them both there. So you've got the performances as shown on, on Eurovision from ABBA, Olivia Newton-John, Sandy Shaw doing Puppet on a String, Genghis Khan. Brotherhood of Man. Save your kisses for me. Save all your kisses for me. Tattoo, doing their song you've never heard of either. They were worried that the two girls were going to kiss and they were going to turn off the broadcast. Now that seems like a quaint thing to be worried about when we're all going to die. Yes, it does, and it's something that they're not talking about in cafes. They're not talking about Tattoo not kissing in 2003. They're not talking about that. It's like gay marriage. It's like listening to people who listen to 2GB. They just don't talk about gay marriage ending the world anymore. Oh, they don't, do they? You think they'd be happy. They go, see, it is. 
that have no calls anymore because they've been right. Everyone's just gone, right, nothing to talk about anymore. The end of the world's happening because we predicted it because of gay marriage. Let's just have a Laura Brannigan festival. Yay! No, no, they've got to bang on about something else. There will come a time when they start banging on about something else. They go back to plastic bags, the plastic bag crisis. And that's what's in Maynard's bug out bag. We think we would be living in a historical hypothetical at this moment. This is where Tim tries to make the world right and, well, you know. Tim. The time is now, and this has been sent in by Grant McHeron, a Patreon. Is that allowed? Are you allowed to spring these things upon me, Maynard? Is this allowed, Richard? Yes. Grant writes, could we just reboot 2020 or just close it out early and declare that April the 1st is really January the 1st, 2021? Get rid of 2020 altogether. Good idea, Grant. It will certainly speed up the six months that the Prime Minister has told us that we'll be Well, the vaccine will be here early as well. Yes, Grant. Great idea. That's a beauty. Why not start on April Fool's Day anyway in this broad brown land we call that place down there that nobody visits anymore? They've sailed off Tasmania as well, Tim. I think God did that a long time ago. Have you tried swimming across that strait? I'm pretty sure some convicts in a boat will get out sooner or later. Yeah, if they haven't eaten themselves. And let's take a moment to thank the people that make this show possible. We want to thank our Patreons. There was a couple there, Grant, Fred and all those people. Once a month, we do Patreon pandering, whether that be in the form of, of Tim and me doing something or whether I give you a piece of audio that no one else gets. We had me to supporting Shudo Echo last month. The month before, there was a New Year's Eve gig that was pretty wild. There's lots of stuff in the archive that's going to be coming out. Well, all that great free stuff that you put out there, like the 1993 Comedy Festival. That's um, the next one. I've got the 1993 one recorded. That's coming next. That was a Boom Crash Opera. It's well worth doing, if only just to support Maynard, who spends days putting this crap together for you people. And I know it's a difficult time for everybody financially. It's going to be really difficult. Patreon.com slash Maynard. We pay a lot more attention to you because you're the people that are putting up the bucks. Oh, and by the way, hello America, all of our American listeners. The election's coming up soon and you know what to do. Not what you usually do, the other thing. Hello to the uh, Who Are These Podcast guys. Hello to all Squaring the Strange. Hello to George Harab. Hello to everybody over there who's working hard and doing what they can and getting by. Even a shout out to the Who's Right podcast that is quite offensive in many ways. He tap dances around the edge of offending people and just usually offends people. It's a wild ride. The Who's yeah, you, Right podcast. You'll be offended, Tim. You, you will go, what's he saying that for? Oh, that's good. I'm really hard to offend, mainly because <laughs> I just don't care. Wow. And if you don't care, you've come to the right place. Because the nation has been not caring about what Tim has to say about our current crisis. And now it's time for Tim Ferguson to get out there, the Roosevelt of Glebe, the Pinky Tuscadero of the Senate. Tim Ferguson, with Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. A nation holds its breath. 
Don't expect too much. Hold the line, Australia. Hold the line. We've never been here before. This is going to be a weird time, but it could be for the better. I don't know how, but sometimes maybe it's not so bad to stop an entire planet when it's not engaging in a gigantic military conflict with itself. This is stopping the planet without, for example, Hitler running around trying to kill everybody. Looking on the bright side, we might as well thank our lucky stars that we're here, that when it comes time to turn the lights back on, that we're all still around. Sure, we'll all have beards, boys and girls, but that doesn't matter. And if you're wondering just how serious this is, the Liberal National Party just doubled Newstart. What would anything have to be to get the Liberal National Party to double Newstart? Anybody who's into conspiracy theories has to be looking at that very closely. You couldn't get them to put it up by $1.50 a week a couple of months ago. It's almost like they're taking the word liberal literally. Thank you, Tim. I'm sure three or four people feel much better about the future out there after that. You betcha. Seriously, what else are you going to do? You're going to panic, jump onto conspiracy theory websites and upset yourself? Or you're just going to pick something to do and just get on with it? Not that, but get on with it. If you can't lick anyone else, you can always lick yourself. Yeah, and if I can do that, I'm in a wheelchair. I've got multiple sclerosis. Cue violin. I'm in a sad violin, Maynard. Oh, sorry. That's better. I thought when you said that, you meant the Dexys Midnight Runners. Luckily, the devil coming down to Georgia didn't occur to me. It's been a big bumper episode of 5080. We've got to go now. My name's been Maynard. And his name's been Tim Ferguson. Right said Fred by Kenny Rogers Ruby. Don't take your love to town, it's shut. Yeehaw! Bunga bunga! Bunga bunga! You painted up your lips, rolled and curled your tinted hair Ruby, are you contemplating going out somewhere? The shadow on the wall tells me the sun is going down Take your love to town It wasn't me that started that old Cradian war But I was proud to go and do my patriotic chore And yes, it's true that I'm not the man I used to be some company It's hard to love a man whose legs are bent and paralyzed And the wants and the needs of a woman your age Ruby, I realize It won't be long I've heard them say until I'm not around Take your love to town She's leaving now Cause I just heard the slamming of the door The way I know I've heard it slam 100 times before 
If I could move, I'd get my gun and put her in the ground your love to town Oh For God's sake turn around Take pandemic advice from a podcast. Seriously, don't take pandemic advice from a podcast. Thanks, Richard. On maynard.com.au. Hey, you! Bryson and Hume. Everything digital.